up to Numbers 28. The next two chapters are going to be a kind of a summary of all the sacrifices and the offerings and the feasts. We've covered these in length in the end of Exodus, all of Leviticus, in parts of Numbers, but now we're going to see them summarized. We're not really repeating, but you're going to hear some of the things you have heard before, but in a different way. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel and tell them, See that you present my offering, my food for my offerings made by fire, as a pleasant aroma to me in their due season. You shall tell them, This is the offering made by fire which you shall offer to Yahweh, male lambs, a year old, without defect, two day by day, for a continual burnt offering. You shall offer one lamb in the morning, and you shall offer the other lamb at evening, with one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a meal offering, mixed with the fourth part of a hin of beaten oil. It is a continual burnt offering which was ordained in Mount Sinai for a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Its drink offering shall be the fourth part of a hin for each lamb. You shall pour out a drink offering of strong drink to Yahweh in the holy place. The other lamb you shall offer at evening, as the meal offering of the morning, and as its drink offering you shall offer it, an offering made by fire for a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. On the Sabbath day you shall offer two male lambs, a year old without defect, and two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil and its drink offering. This is the burnt offering of every Sabbath, in addition to the continual burnt offering and its drink offering. In the beginnings of your months, you shall offer a burnt offering to Yahweh, two young bulls, one ram, seven male lambs a year old without defect, and three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil for each bull and two-tenth parts of a fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil for the one ram, and one-tenth part of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering to every lamb as a burnt offering of a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Their drink offerings shall be half a hin of wine for a bull, the third part of a hin for the ram, and the fourth part of a hin for a lamb. This is the burnt offering of every month, throughout the months of the year. Also, one male goat for a sin offering to Yahweh shall be offered in addition to the continual burnt offering and its drink offering. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, is Yahweh's Passover. On the 15th day of this month shall be a feast. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. In the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work, but you shall offer an offering made by fire, a burnt offering to Yahweh, two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old, they shall be without defect. With their meal offering, fine flour mixed with oil, you shall offer three-tenths for a bull and two-tenths for the ram, you shall offer one-tenth for every lamb of the seven lambs, and one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for you. You shall offer these in addition to the burnt offering of the morning, which is for a continual burnt offering. In this way you shall offer daily, for seven days, the food of the offering made by fire, of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, it shall be offered in addition to the continual burnt offering and its drink offering. On the seventh day you shall have a holy convocation, you shall do no regular work. Also, 
In the day of the first fruits, when you offer a new meal offering to Yahweh in your feast of weeks, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work, but you shall offer a burnt offering for a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, two young bulls, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, and their meal offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three tenths for each bull, two tenths for the one ram, one tenth for every lamb of the seven lambs, and one male goat to make atonement for you. Besides the continual burnt offering and its meal offering, you shall offer them and their drink offerings. See that they are without defect. So this is the first half of these two chapters where we summarize all the offerings that go along with all the regular feasts. So we start out with, it talks about the daily offerings. And in this chapter, it really only talks about um, four things. It talks about the, the offerings for every day. It talks about the offerings for the start of every month. It talks about the offerings for the Passover festival and talk and sorry, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and finally for the Pentecost feast. So there's these four things. I just want to talk about two of them. In this chapter, it talked about the daily sacrifices. There was to be a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. In practice, these two sacrifices were not morning and evening, but they were morning and afternoon. The morning sacrifice was 9 a.m. and the evening or the afternoon sacrifice was 3 p.m. They didn't keep track of time the way we do, so they never said 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. I'm just telling you that so we know, understand in our own language. So these were daily sacrifices that continued every single day in the temple, regardless of whether it was a Sabbath, regardless of whether it was the start of the month, regardless of whether it was a, a Passover or any other type of feast, these just happened every single day. Two lambs, one in the morning, one at three o'clock in the afternoon. And this continued in the, you know, when Jesus was born, he went into the temple. Well, you know, those sacrifices were going on every day. And those sacrifices continued all the way up into the destruction of the temple in AD 70 and have not happened since. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, what time was he nailed up to the cross? Nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> time of the morning sacrifice. And what time did he actually die on the cross? Three in the afternoon, time of the afternoon or the evening sacrifice. So there you've got a picture of Jesus. He's in his temple every day. Um, you know, the Bible says that, that he ever lives to make intercession. Well, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, ever living. Christ ever living to make intercession for us. Well, he, he's not sacrificed day after day after day. He was sacrificed once and for all time, but his life is ever interceding for us in the temple, which is, you know, amongst his people continuously. It's terrifically wonderful. In the book of Hebrews, which describes some of these things, you know, if you want to understand the Old Testament from a New Testament point of view, which is the true perspective, the book of Hebrews is really, really helpful. And they talk about all these sacrifices. And then there's an interesting comment that says that all of these things were just temporary. You know, the, the sacrifices and stuff, they were just temporary until the real thing came along, which was Jesus. And then it says all of these things will soon pass away. Well, all of these things, the temporary things, you know, the daily sacrifices, for example, they did pass away. They passed away just a few years after that book was written when the destruction of Jerusalem happened. But the true thing which was the sacrifice of Christ, which was once and for all time, that has not passed away. Um, after the daily sacrifices, it talked about 
you know, the sacrifices at the start of each month. And then it talked about Passover. And I want to just make a, a point about Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover was a one-day event. And in the Jewish calendar, a day starts at sundown and goes to the next day at sundown. So our days start at midnight, the middle of the night, and go to the next middle of the night. Um, but their day starts at when the nighttime starts and goes to when the nighttime starts 24 hours later. So Passover was a one-day celebration, and then it was followed by a seven-day feast called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the first day of that feast was a Sabbath. It didn't matter which day of the week it was. Passover was always the 14th of the month of Nisan. And... Um, so this is the first month of the year in the Jewish calendar. And Passover was always the 14th day, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread was always the 15th day. So if you're trying to, like, let's just say you're trying to work out in, a, in our calendar, you know, which day is Passover, you might say, oh, Passover is today, for example. You might say, oh, today is Passover. But it actually isn't Passover for a Jew until the sun goes down. So there's actually only around about six to seven hours max overlap between the two days, if that makes sense. And so what we've got here is we've got this, this whole thing about these feasts. And, you know, Jesus sat down to have the Passover meal with his disciples. So we know that Jesus' Passover meal, the Last Supper, was the 14th of the month of Nisan. And we know that the very next day, was the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, we think the next day is, the, is you know, when the sun comes up the next morning, but no, it's not. The next day is when the sun goes down the next night. So it's actually 24 hours later. So Jesus actually died on the cross on Passover. Jesus had the Last Supper with his you know, disciples and he said, I've, you know, I've earnestly longed to celebrate this Passover with you, well, you know, he did. He, he, and he also died on Passover, and that's why he's the Passover lamb. But that very night, when the sun went down, that was the beginning of the first day of this seven days of unleavened bread, and it was a Sabbath. It had to be a Sabbath, because the Feast of Unleavened Bread always begins with a Sabbath, and we've just read that. Now, if you go to Matthew's Gospel... And you read Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 in English, it's going to talk about the resurrection. And it's going to say, after the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, and it's going to go on to talk about how Jesus raised from the dead and appeared to women and that. But if you read it in Greek, and, and it's, it's very helpful sometimes to be able to read things in Greek, but it doesn't say that. It says, after the Sabbaths. Sabbaths is plural. Now, you know how easy it is in English to leave a letter S off and to change things from a plural to a singular? But in Greek, it's, it's completely different to that. It's not just leaving off a letter. The whole way the word is formed is just different if it's plural. And so the Sabbaths is written in a different way, so it's really, really clear that it's more than one Sabbath. It says in Matthew 28, 1 in Greek, after the Sabbaths. Now, the reason for that is that Jesus didn't die on a Friday, he died on a Thursday. Um, the two Sabbaths was the Friday, the first Sabbath, and the Saturday, the normal Sabbath. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread actually, in this particular year that Jesus died, actually had two Sabbaths. It had the normal one, which always happened at the start of 
the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which we've just read about, why it had to happen. And then the second one, which is always a Saturday. Whenever a Saturday landed, it was a Sabbath. And that's why Matthew 28, 1 says, after the Sabbaths. And in John's Gospel, it also says that they had to get Jesus off the cross because the next day was a special Sabbath. It was a special Sabbath because it was a Sabbath on a day that wasn't a Saturday. So, you know, throughout all these, throughout church history, Christians have celebrated Good Friday. We've always remembered Jesus as dying on a Friday. But we scholars and experts, we, all ne- we now realize that Jesus actually died on a Thursday. And it lines up exactly with what Jesus said. He said that, that the Son of Man would be, you know, just like Jonah, who was in the whale for three days and three nights, that Jesus was going to be dead for three days. And so this is exactly what we've got. Last Supper is Wednesday night. But Wednesday and all the day of Thursday, while Jesus is being killed, is actually Passover. But then he's taken off the cross because they want to get him buried before the Sabbath. So he's in the ground on Thursday, before the end of the day. And, but then when Friday comes, we, we know, but that Thursday night is the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then he's in the ground on Friday. And then Friday night, which is day two, Saturday Saturday night, which is day three. Sunday morning, which is day three for us. So there he is, Jesus in the ground three days, three nights. So it's not really important what actual day Jesus died. Was it a you know, Thursday? Was it a Friday? Was it a Saturday? Was it a Tuesday? The day doesn't actually matter. You know, we in Queensland, we celebrate the Queen's birthday. We have a Queen, the Queen of England. We celebrate her birthday in October usually. It's not her birthday in October. It doesn't matter what day her birthday is. It's the fact that we have the celebration that's important. It's the same with Jesus. The actual day of the week that he died isn't important. And I, you know, I go to church on Good Friday every year. We celebrate Good Friday. And I thoroughly enjoy Good Friday. I know Jesus didn't actually die on a Friday, but that's not the point. The point is he did die for our sins. He died on the cross and he's a perfect fulfillment of this picture of the Passover lamb, the blood that was painted over the door, over the top of us to protect us and to, to, you know, when the angel of death passes over, when the day of final judgment comes, we're under the blood of the lamb. Thank God. It's the most wonderful thing. So even in these chapters, 28 and 29, which are just a summary of sacrifices, they're full of such wonderful living information for us. And they even speak to us of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for these sacrifices. I thank you for the morning sacrifice, which is Christ. The afternoon sacrifice, which is Christ. The Passover lamb, which is Christ. The feast of unleavened bread, which is Christ. I thank you, it's all Christ. And Father, I pray that we ourselves would love you more, that we would become all of Jesus Christ. Amen.